Isn't he great? He is so great to us. We so love you this morning. So honored to stand here. Honored to stand here to speak to you. Many faces I know, many that I don't know. But God bless you. We love you with all of our hearts. Wasn't that a great start last night? Amen. Amen. Brother Donnie's gift. Amen. When we begin to talk about how long we've been friends, we understand why we have gray hair. Um, I'd like to thank Brother Tim and Brother Timothy for inviting us to come. The burden to continue this camp. And thank everybody that's behind the scenes working so hard and making sure everything is just set up so right, and we'd like to thank you for that. I'm deeply honored to stand here, and for those that know, it's a phenomenal miracle that we're able to be here and to stand here once again and uh, defy the odds, and uh, we're we're so honored at that. I want to remember Sister Erica this morning that God would just touch her. She has a great need, and we just know that God's able. For Sister Erica and myself, There was a conversation that took place in a cave. And uh, that conversation led to the disease that we would fight. And uh, that disease of liver cancer that she has to fight. And I stand here fighting brain cancer and lung cancer. But that's nothing to God. when the angel said not even cancer not even cancer God was looking down the realm and seeing us standing here and so you know but maybe your cancer is sin and it's way more deadly than the one that I'm fighting you see if you hear that I die oh don't you believe it for a second I'll be more alive there than I am here But I want you, I've come with a burden on my heart that the cancer that you're fighting can be delivered this weekend. And every every part of that cancer can be dissolved. And it's not by chemo. It's by the blood of Jesus Christ. And it's already paid for. Amen. So we love you. We love you with all of our hearts. And we're just honored to be here. Uh, we, we have been praying for Brother Aaron and, and his family and, and Sister Linda. We're praying, amen, to step from this realm to another realm is a great thing. And in the last few weeks, God's did phenomenal things and brought great restoration to your family. We're thankful for that. So honored to have Brother Kelly Hildebrandt standing here with us today. And they travel through snow and slick roads and Car sliding all over the road, Brother Abe driving, and 
and they drove a long way. Brother Marcus, so good to see you and your friend there. But Brother Kelly is a is a is pure gold. Amen. Amen. He may not look like it, but he's got character that's pure gold. And, <laughs> amen. And he's been a dear friend of mine a long time, and uh, we love him with all of our hearts. And so honored. This is his first time to be here, and uh, we're so honored for him to come. And he loves you to drive all of those hours to be here. Three days to be here, and so we're so thankful for him being here. And uh, of course, Brother Tim and I have been friends, and Brother Donnie have been friends a long, long time. And so, not going to tell you how many years they told it last night. No need in reiterating it. So, amen. So, we love them. I saw Sister Ella here last night. Amen. Ella, is she in the building today? Amen. We're so honored to be a part of her life. And what she is is a miracle in progress. And so, amen. amen, amen. I'd like to speak to you today on what will you be remembered for. What will you be remembered for? Great books have a lot of parts. They have introductions. The chapters are lined up. Generally in the first chapter, it's a, it's a chapter of grabbing your attention so that you won't lay the 300-page book down. Amen. It grabs your attention in a way to where that you realize that if I don't read this book, I'm going to be missing a part in my life. It brings great intrigue to it. Then it begins to go into the body of work. It's the, it's the behind-the-scenes chaos brings the miracle together of life. Then as it begins to come to the winding down of it to leave you with great, great feelings, it begins to come toward the final chapters. And as it comes to the final chapters, it will bring conclusion to your life. There's a lot of things that you will accomplish in your life. But I'd like to just kind of give you a little, little teaser. Without Jesus... Without Jesus, it's not even worth living. I want you to understand there were millionaires when Martin Luther were here. John Wesley was here. We know nothing about them. We know absolutely nothing about them. But we know a man named John Wesley that preached about 88,000 sermons that was the messenger to his day. We know something about him because his work was incredibly important. We know something about the messenger of this day that shook the earth, that was allowed to be a vessel of Malachi 4 because you were the one that was important because this book was after you. I'm thanked. I thank the Lord to be here to kind of to be at the part of the starting of your life because starting is important. If you're going to run a race, you want to start right. When you get into the blocks of running, you want to put your feet right. You want your breathing right. You want your mind right. You want to be focused. Those first few steps are incredibly important. 
That's one of the things that this meeting is so important. That's right. The focus is to make sure your start uh -huh. and your continuation, yes, maybe many of you have been here for years, but the continuing of the work, right. it is so important. If you will turn with me to Luke chapter 23, John chapter 23 and verse 26. I said, John, it's Luke. I'm not a bit nervous. Luke chapter 23 and verse 26. Glad to have my wife with me, my family with me, Andrew with me. And uh, you see a miracle. I may be a miracle in flesh. He's a miracle in, in soul. And so you can't make your children Christians. But when you see them get a supernatural touch, that's a miracle. Luke chapter 23 and verse 26. And as they led him away, they laid hold upon one Simon, a Cyrenian, coming out of the country, and on him they laid the cross that he might bear it after Jesus. And there followed him a great company of people and of women, which also bewailed and lamented. But Jesus turned unto them and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, weep not for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming in which they shall say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bear, and the paps which never gave suck. Then shall they begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, Cover us. For if they do these things in a green tree, what shall they be done in a dry? And there were also two other malefactors led with him to be put to death. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, they crucified him and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. And then Jesus, then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. And the people stood beholding, and the rulers also which deriled him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself. If he be the Christ, the chosen one, and the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him and offering him vinegar and saying, If thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. And the superscription also that was written over him in letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. Maybe you have a need this morning. You just like to say, Lord, remember me. Father, we bow our heads before you now this morning. Lord, needing strength, not only recovering from long trips. Many have come from many different directions. 
Now our minds are beginning to, as last night, begin to pull us in focus of what our mission is here. Now, Lord, I pray that every devil that has tried to derail even their coming, maybe even their thoughts, we ask you now that you would just come now and focus us like never before. Lord, anoint the speaker, anoint the hearers this morning. Lord, we're here to do business for the king. And I ask you to anoint these young people, Father. Speak to our hearts. Lord, all the way to the back of the building, anoint us in a special way. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen and amen. Amen. You can be seated. In John chapter 16 and verse 4, and Jesus is speaking to his believers. And these things have I told you that, that when, the, when the time shall come, ye may remember what I have told you of them. And these things I said not unto you at the beginning because I was with you. Notice how this book is unfolding. It's a progressive. And now I go my way to him that sent me. And none of you asketh me, Whether goest thou? But because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your hearts. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they believe not on me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and ye shall see me no more. Of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. He's saying a whole lot in a few sentences. Chapters are changing. You're going to be a part of this. You're going to shake the world. Satan is defeated. I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but Whatsoever ye shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He will glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I, that he shall take of mine, and shall show it unto you. A little while, and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while, and ye shall see me, because I go unto the Father. Amen. Brother Branham would say it like this. And he's talking about Satan. He took him up on a mountain, and he set him down. And he rebuked him again with the word. He defeated Satan with the word of God. Now he's going to bring you into the picture. And maybe none of us have seen Brother Branham personally. 
But Brother Branham is going to give us a nugget here for us. Defeated Satan with the word of God, showing that the weakest of Christians can defeat Satan with thus saith the Lord. It is written. It is written. It is written. Jesus didn't do it with his power. He did it with the word of God. And that is the greatest weapon that you can have. A covenant with God. And he gives you the words of life. And you take those words as a believer. Your position. And you take the words of eternal life and use it on the devil. He's used to being defeated with the word of God. A point would write it like this. He is the first and the last. The beginning and the end. He is the keeper of creation. He is the creator of it all. He is the architect of the universe. The manager of all times. He always was. He always is. He always will be. He's unmoved. He's unchanged. He's undefeated. He's never undone. He was bruised and brought healing. He was pierced and eased pain. He was persecuted and brought freedom. He was dead and brought life. He is risen and brings power. He reigns and brings peace. The world can't understand him. Armies can't defeat him. Schools can't explain him. Leaders can't ignore him. Herod couldn't kill him. Pharisees couldn't confuse him. The people couldn't hold him. Nero couldn't crush him. Hitler couldn't silence him. The new age can't replace him. He is light, love, longevity. He is my Lord. He is goodness and kindness. He is gentleness and he is God. He is holy. He is righteous. He is mighty. He is powerful. He is pure. His words are always right. His word is eternal. His will is unchanging. His mind is on me. He is my savior. He is my guide. He is my peace. He is my joy. He is my comfort. He is my Lord. He rules my life. I serve him because his bond is love, his burden is light, his goal for me is abundant life. I follow him because his wisdom is wise and powerful of the powerful. He's the ancient of days, the ruler of rulers, the leader of leaders, the overseer of overcomers. That is impressive to you. Try this on for size. His goal and his relationship is with me. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. He will never mislead me. He will never forget me. 
will never overlook me. He will never counsel my appointment in his appointment book. When I fall, he lifts me up. When I fail, he forgives me. When I am weak, he is strong. When I am lost, he is my way. When I am afraid, he is my courage. When I stumble, he steadies me. When I am hurt, he heals me. When I am broken, he mends me. When I am blind, he leads me. When I am hungry, he feeds me. When I face trials, he is with me. When I face persecution, he shields me. When I face problems, he comforts me. When I face loss, he provides for me. When I face death, he carries me home. He is God. I am his and he is mine. Everything that he owns, he has given it to us. Don't tell me we're some weak, wishy-washy backbone. We're the queen of heaven. I have read that over the last three years, hundreds of times. I've often thought about what it must have felt like in the room where the author was writing and the Holy Spirit was helping him put that together. Because there would be a lot of people like you that would need to read it again, to inspire it again. I've often thought about the Apostle Paul when he writes the book of Hebrews. He's going to capture men's lives. And maybe they lived hundreds of years, maybe just only a few years. And he's going to capture a portion of their lives in a sentence. The book of Hebrews chapter 11 is a hall of faith. People that by faith receive the promise. We heard last night that Satan stacks a lot of facts against us. But whose report do we believe? I expose myself today and stand here before you. They've told me over and over again of, of my end and how it will be and all of those different kinds of things. Gave me months to live, sat and cried with me. Listen, they were doing their best as doctors. They're practicing physicians trying to help mankind. We appreciate doctors and nurses and medicine. We appreciate what they do. But we have a higher doctor. He may be unseen, but you can feel him in the room. It may not be your faith, but he reaches down and grabs a hold of you. And when you would quit, our prophet wanted to quit. Many great leaders wanted to quit. Maybe you've wanted to quit. Every great person has wanted to quit at some point. But you would have quit if you could. But there was a lot more chapters that had to be written. There was a lot more sermons that had to be preached. 
There's a lot more things that you've got to do in your life. And maybe you can't see your future, but there's books and chapters that have to be written in your life. But Brother Ron, I'm a nobody. I've made a lot of failures. Well, let me just, let me just share a couple from background. Noah was a drunk. Abraham was too old. Isaac was a daydreamer. Jacob was a liar. Leah was ugly. But she was hated. But she brought forth Judah. And then she would be one that would say, I will now praise the Lord. It didn't matter about being hated. It didn't matter about being ugly. Listen, if we could ever come to a part in our lives, God made us like we are. If we could ever come to the comfort in our own skin, quit looking and pattern after Hollywood and realize that God made us exactly how we are. Tall, short, skinny, fluffy, nervous. Philip, I saw you look. Nervous, stubborn, high tension, great passion, driven. God knew every element that he put in your body. He knew what you would be like. Because he had a book that he had to write and he had your name on it. It had your name on it. And regardless of how you feel about your humanity, that's only the temporal part. He put a seed on the inside of you of eternal life. The very gene seed of God. No, he's not counting on your flesh. He's not counting on your flesh, but he has confidence in the seed that he put on the inside of you. And if that seed comes to life, you will realize that there's a lot of chapters that's got to be taking place. Rahab was a prostitute. David had an affair. And was a murderer. Elijah was suicidal. Jonah ran from God. Wound up in a great fish. Job went bankrupt. Even Peter, after all that he saw, denied the Lord. He walked away. Cursed. Used abominable names. The disciples fell asleep while Jesus was praying. His most critical prayer, his disciples fell asleep. That's what gives us preachers hope. 
The Samaritan woman was divorced over and over and over again. Yet Jesus went to her out of his way. When the disciples couldn't see nothing good in her and no church actually wanted her, Jesus said, I can use her. Now your first few pages of your book may have a lot of these things in it. You see, you've written those things. You've lived those things. You know those things about yourself. It's difficult maybe for Moses to write high-tempered. Struck the rock twice. Difficult that he has to write his humanity. No doubt difficult for Brother Branham to be honest and tell us mistakes and failures. I'm glad he did. I'm really glad he did that he, that he just shared with us his humanity. That he made mistakes. It gives you confidence to get back up. Let me just say, Oh, but Brother Ron, this is Hollywood. This is, you know, when I become a Christian, all my troubles will be over with. Look around. Take a deep breath. Look around. God is going to overcome in you, so there's going to be some battles. There's some battles that lays ahead of you. There's some real difficult times that lays ahead for you. There's some discouragements that lays ahead for you. But it's His divine will. Friends are going to walk away from you. I'm talking about bosom buddies. They're going to walk away from you. And if you can only realize if they can walk away from you, it wasn't your friend to start off with. And let me just say, if, if your friends are not taking you toward God, they're not your friends. the power of your influence around you is not in a revival of the message of the hour hungry for God, hungry for church if all of their minds is just total carnality all the times they're not guiding you in the right direction I know all of us has got friends that are in the world but let me just say this to you don't let them influence your life By faith, Abraham. By faith, Jacob. By faith, Moses. By faith, Joshua. By faith, Rahab. If you'll notice, he mentions her. Here, God's not ashamed that she was a harlot. He's not ashamed of where you are. Now let me just say, God knows how to take the actor's mask off. He knows the real you. And so, he wants the real you to know the real him. 
Rahab knew that these two spies had something that she had never, never had in her life. She had met a lot of men from that city, but none of them had what they had. And circumstances of life had bound her to that position. Circumstances and change kept her there, working on the wall in the red light district. But God, God knew if I can only get the pen out of her hand and put it in my hand, I've got a plan for her. If God can only get the pen of will and self-will out of your hand, and get it into his hand and you become a prisoner to Jesus Christ a love slave oh but brother Ron I'll have to do this and I'll have to give up this if you ever meet Jesus there's nothing in this world that matters anymore Super Bowls won't matter no more Hollywood won't matter no more racing won't matter no more Rock and roll won't matter anymore. You and Jesus are a majority. The scripture says in Hebrews 11 verse 32, notice how Paul begins to write these things. He said, what more shall I say? For the time should fail me to tell you of of Gideon. I love that last night. And of Barak, and of Samson, and of Jephna, and of David, and of Samuel, and of the prophets. Ben, these men lived phenomenal lives, had phenomenal supernatural lives. David kills a giant with a stone. Moses stands and watches the water raise up. Samson puts his hand on the pillars and he's blind and he pushes and kills more people at his death than all of his life. But when God looks at it through the prophet Paul, he just mentions their name all in a sentence. Well, Brother Ron, but I didn't get a full chapter in the Bible. Don't matter. Maybe you're like Shamgar and you've just got one scripture in the whole book. But one man got so tired of the enemy coming into his camp and God would take Brother Branham, the seer of the word, the one that could look in the Garden of Eden and see exactly what Eve looked like and exactly what the serpent looked like and how they walked out of the Garden of Eden could also look in Shamgar's life. Oh, but Brother Ron, maybe he was making up a story, really. And he begins to talk about him. And as he begins to talk about him, he said, no doubt the enemy had came year after year after year and had taken 
all of the crop and left him just enough to get him through to the next camp meeting. And he could get back to the next youth camp. And here comes 600 Philistines, armed, trained soldiers. He wasn't a soldier. He was a farmer. And he said he looked over at his wife and how skinny she was. And threads on her clothes was just barren. And he explains it in great detail. Because God remembers... God remembers it may have been thousands of years later, but one scripture was important to the prophet and it was important to God. Don't tell me your life is not important to God. Don't tell me you're a nobody. Maybe the enemy has come with 600 devils to your house day after day after day and trying to destroy you. Is it going to be just another day? Is it going to be just another time? Something responded in the inside of, of Shamgar that he was a seed of Abraham. And he remembered that in the word that Abraham had sat with Melchizedek and Melchizedek had said, thy seed shall possess the gates of their enemy. And he picked up a stick and he started beating Philistines one at a time. One at a time. Brother Davy, I say one at a time, one fell. That gave him courage for the second one. That gave him courage for the third one. That gave him courage for the fourth one. That gave him courage for the tenth one. It gave him courage for the fiftieth one. What about your stick? What about your stick? God give you the courage to pick it up. Give you the courage to start. Start. Come out of the gate ready. I am a seed of Abraham. I am the bride of Jesus Christ. I am the final voice to the final age. You didn't think that about yourself. That's what God said you was. You are the super race. You didn't think that about yourself. That's what God thought of you. God said you were bone of your bones, bone of his bones, life of his life. He called you an invincible army. That isn't just a family's phrase that comes around. That wasn't just William Branham's phrase about you. That was God's phrase. God saved you till the end of Laodicea. Knowing the wars that were going to come against you. The spirits are going to come against you. Brother Brown said your mother faced ten times the devils that her mother faced. Then the next generation faces a hundred times what the mother faced. Then it multiplies to a thousand. But God didn't leave you depleted. I want you to punch your neighbor and tell him that preacher is talking about you. Hallelujah. Glory. 
He's talking about you. He's talking about you. Marcus, I'm talking about you. I'm talking about you. Come al- you came a long way and I pick you out. He's talking about you. He's talking about you back there. Carla, I'm talking about you. Sorry, Sister Carla. That's my sister. Listen, I'm talking about you. I'm talking about every one of you, and I want to get this right. Brother L, I'm talking about you. We're an invincible army. Because we will not pay attention to the facts. Yeah, we could get killed here in a few minutes. Destroyed. What are you going to do? I got a stick. Can you imagine what the family was doing? Somebody's got to shout. Somebody's got to sing. So his family was back, I don't know, near the barn. While he was in the field with a stick in his hand. And he's going to whip them so bad. I can hear it. As he knocks the last one down, screaming, they'll never come back. Now it's your turn. Why don't you tell those less devils, those music devils, those backslidden devils, why don't you tell them why you hit them in the head? Don't come back no more. You tell them. It's your turn. You tell them. Don't come back. Now, here's what I want you to do. This is exercise part of it. Because the most supernatural thing about you is your tongue. And it has the power to produce a negative atmosphere. Or it has the power to speak the spoken word. Do you know why we sing? We sing testimonies. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. There is going to be a meeting in the air. And you pass those powerful inspired words across your lips. And your ears hear what you are saying. Because your voice is different than anybody else's voice. And God hears your voice through the blood. Are you with me now? We're getting to some good parts. Why don't you pick up your six foot stick? 
And I want to hear you say, not your neighbor, I want you to say to the devil, don't come back. Now say it with attitude. You're getting there. Don't come back. share something with you that I probably shouldn't. Preachers do that. But in my life I've been a boxing fan. You know because God was going to make me a boxer. And I'll spend about an hour here knocking the enemy out. Brother Branham was a boxer. And if you want to be honest with you, that's why I got started liking boxing. Because I was a little boy, I'd hear Brother Branham talking about his fights. Talking about training and talking about hitting with the left and hitting with the right. Now that all got me in trouble when I became a late teenager because I practiced it. One of the greatest corner men was a man named Angelo Dundee. Angelo Dundee was not a fighter, but he knew how to coach some of the greatest that ever lived. Aaron, you're going to love this. I can just hear it in a few sermons from now. Brother Ron said. (laughs) Angelo Dundee said when I would have Muhammad Ali in in the boxing match. He said, I didn't have to teach him how to fight. He knew how to fight. He he said, but I had to remind him of who he was. times he was getting whipped and outpointed he said I didn't tell him about lefts and rights he didn't tell him about ducking his head he said I had to tell him you are the champion you are the champion now go fight like it I like one of the things he said, that other guy knows you're the champion. He believes you're the champion. And he knows it's coming. So give it to him. Now let me just say this to you. If I can be Angelo Dundee for a few minutes... I don't have to tell you how to fight. It's on the inside of you. I don't have to give you the weapons. You've already got it. I just got to remind you of who you are. I don't care if you're 13 or you're 35. 
You're a champion of Laodicea. You're built to do the job. In a book, in a book, you're writing it, and sometimes you remember the difficult parts. And Satan will bring those difficult parts back to you because he don't really have a lot to work with. Once you know who you are, all he can do is pick on your flesh and your memory and your conscience, and he wants to remind you and keep you defeated. So, can you give me about 10 more minutes? Well, Brother Ron, you don't preach like you used to. Well, I had to reinvent myself a little bit. Just because I got cancer in my lungs and it hurts when I preach don't mean I quit. I just learned how to fight a little different. That means my lefts and rights come quick and they come harsh. And was a man in prison his book had been a horrible book it would be something that you would read in Halloween it was horrendous it was nothing to be proud of he had made failure after failure after failure we don't know nothing about his family we don't know nothing about him other than he's in jail and being in jail, he's incarcerated, and anybody can live right in jail. Well, I think I've found some people that's been in jail before. And so he's in jail. He's, he's been caught. The law says that he's got to die. Now you would think, as he's coming into his final week that this is the last chapter but this is only the beginning now today it's a strange sort of day he's going to die with a guy that's had a book like his but there's another man There's another man that's with him. He don't deserve to die. He's healed sick. He's fed thousands. He's turned water into wine. Now this, this thief has never heard a sermon. He's never saw a miracle. He's going to have to carry his cross up the hill. But he's going to witness something. He's going to witness a man as he walks out 
and starts up the journey that refuses to quit. He immediately notices that he's been beaten like no other human being has ever been beaten. He can see the pulsation of his lungs and the pulsations of his organs in his body. Blood screaming down through his cloth. Little dots become big dots. He can see the human fatigue setting in on him. But he refuses to quit putting one foot in front of the other. Maybe you don't understand why those stripes are there. But they're there for Erica. They're there for you. Listen, don't ever give up. Don't you ever give up. I say this to you when it comes and it seems like all is hopeless. Let me just say God's got it. He's the doctor. He didn't quit, neither should we. He didn't get discouraged, neither should we. Maybe he was puzzled in his mind. You see, he hadn't got to read the book. Maybe he was puzzled by his mind. And Jesus didn't have time to turn around and say, I'm doing this for Tim Pruitt. I'm doing this for Karen. You see, she wasn't defeated. Oh, but Brother Ron, if you could have only saw what I saw, I was here with you. But if you could see, like Brother Donnie was anointed to speak her funeral and look across the veil. She's got a new body. That's what Jesus was walking up the hill for. Because it was in the book. And Elijah and Moses had stood there with him on the Mount of Transfiguration and told him what the word said. He had to accomplish it. If I can say this to you today, we must accomplish our work. What are you preachers screaming at us for? We must accomplish. We must finish this. And he watches every step that he takes. There's blood in it. If you look at his own footprints and there was no blood. The man with him, there was no blood. But this man had blood. Nobody was screaming their name, saying blasphemous names. They deserved it. They deserved to die. Their book was written so that the justice was that they die. But this man, Satan would not let him die without extremely punishment, not just to his body, but to his mind. So they screamed at him 
all kind of horrible words. They offered him vinegar. They said incredibly bad things about him, but he kept stepping. This man heard the moans. This man heard the cries because Jesus had to die as a man. As a man, he had to suffer. Adam fell. If Satan would have only knew what was happening today, Jesus would have had band-aids all over him. He would have made him king of the universe. He'd have never let him go to Calvary. But God so hid himself. If he only knew who you was. If he only knew who you was. He would not torment you another day. He would not batter you another day. Because at the end of the day, your testimony will destroy him. Every devil that fights against you, every demon of hell that tries to destroy you, you will be the testimony. You will be the book against them. That will cause his kingdom to come to an end. Nails in his hands. Nails in his feet. The groans. People are screaming all different kind of things. If thou be the Christ, you saved others. Save yourself. The greatest compliment they could ever pay him. You saved others, save yourself. One thief screams across at him, If you are the Christ, save us. Makes all kind of fun of him. The other one had saw all of this and took it into his mind. He wasn't thinking about how great he was. He knew in a few minutes he's going to die. And this is what he deserved. He'd never heard a sermon on a mountain. He'd never seen him touch the leopard. he never heard Lazarus come forth. But he had enough pressure in his lungs that he could say, Lord, Lord, when you come into your kingdom, remember me.
Remember me. His book started. Right there's where his book started. Everything else didn't matter now. Being a thief, having a wretched life, it didn't matter now. His blood. Of all the miracles of Jesus, the last one was the costliest. It must have been a complete paradox. All of these preachers on the ground making fun. All these great religious people making sure that he dies. They had screamed, crucify him. And here's a man with a destroyed book screaming, remember me. God's got a memory. God's got a memory. How important is remember me? I don't know for this local audience, can I just put an excerpt here? Last week, Brother Carmen Mills, we listened to him together. Brother Carmen Mills speaks on God's memory. Sister Esther gets up at the end of it under anointing. Said, this is my time. Almost a month ago, I announced to the audience of what I was going to speak here. I never do that. On what will you be remembered for? I told Brother Tim, I said, God's got something in plans. I want you to catch it now. God's got something in his plans. I preached this two times before, one in Switzerland. Every time I preached it, phenomenal miracles happened. And the same God's in the building now. I don't know about your book. We don't have time for you to tell every page of your book. But you being here, You being here tells us that God has gathered you because he has remembered you. He put something on the inside of you on these days. He put a something down on the inside of you that you had to get here. 29 minutes to fill this camp up. You were excited to get here. You wasn't buying rock and roll tickets. You wasn't buying Super Bowl tickets. You was under inspiration to be in this camp. You didn't know where you'd be sitting at. You didn't know it'd be raining like it is. Maybe your book's got a lot of scars and you're not so proud of it. You could look over tonight and say, remember me, Lord. Remember me. Remember me. And Jesus turns to him. 
and says, this day. You're talking about a change of a book. You're talking about a change of heaven and hell. In hell you fall. You fall like an endless eternity. There's no friends in hell. There's weeping and gnashing of teeth. The Holocaust is like a Sunday afternoon picnic. It's a horrendous place to go. No friends there. No parties there. It's done. To flip it to a place where Satan can never touch you again. This day. This day. You'll be with me in paradise. I don't know how he felt. I don't know what sensation he felt. But his destination was different. We do not know how he died. We don't know the exact minute that he left the earth. But it was not a demon coming to get him. It was an angel. Became his Uber driver. You see that man throughout his life and his decades that he lived didn't know he was destined for that. God had bigger plans. The woman at the well didn't know she was destined for that. Rahab didn't know she was destined for that. Maybe you didn't know you were destined for that. But God's got big plans in your life. Maybe you show up at church and Timothy is preaching. God changes your book. Maybe Brother Donnie leaves his quotes for a little bit and leaves his portion that he's had and all of a sudden you become in the picture and you go, my God, that man's talking about me. God's got plans for you. That's what this meeting is all about. God's got plans for you. As I finish, let me just say this to you. It wasn't that you picked you. God picked you. You see, as he's looking and knowing who's going to be in every age, and he picks Brother Branham as the last church age messenger, then he's going to pick seed that will believe that. Now, he's got to have some that's in Brother Branham's meetings, and they'll sit and say amen and That's a prophet. That's Elijah. But just before resurrection, he's got to have young people 
that will literally live in the darkness of Laodicea. And know that they can't do it on their own. It's so dark they can't make it. So they know that if God don't pick up the pen. If God don't pick up my pen. I'm going to make a mess out of my life. I'm going to choose the wrong mate. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to have the wrong job. I'm going to wind up out of church. But if God picks up your pen. He knows where he needs you at. you see a few years ago that guy that's standing over there no that's not Goliath that's one of Goliath's killers it was in a meeting like this that he was just enjoying writing a book but now God needed him to be a preacher and I'm sure that that evening you know, no man calls a man to preach. We just kind of recognize the gift. And, and there's no way that you would have thought that guy's going to be a convention speaker. But that guy's a phenomenal preacher. Listen, I am not bragging on him. I'm bragging on the gift that's in him. You see, he had to lay the pen down. Football coach, teacher, he had to lay the pen down. Because God needed him. Boy, he did good at your place, Brother Donnie. God needed him to allow him to pick him up. And now write with him. No longer his ambition writing with him. Listen, you being Doc Prescott's coach, that don't mean nothing. But you inspiring young people like this. That's what it's about. That's what you'll be remembered for. go all over this audience but I'll come to this Esther you won't be remembered for a barren woman you'll be remembered for predestinated seed born through your womb Erica if you've got the strength to hear you and I won't be known for people that just survived cancer. I don't even know if it'll be a page in the book. That's how much God. We'll be known for people that looked at cancer and went, what cancer?
I'm sure Erica's are like. I've got a stack about that tall about what the doctors have said. The scans, the charts, where it's at, how big it is, how the chemo's working, that I walk two miles a day. All of the struggles, the 32 pills every morning, all of it's in that book. It's in the book. That's a facts. But this book. Faith, Ron Spencer. By faith, Ron Spencer faced cancer, but he wasn't defeated. Now I finish. You remember when we first started? My cancer is nothing to some of what you've got. What about the sin that you're fighting? What about the weaknesses that you're fighting right now? Why don't you say with your own lips, by faith, your name. By faith. By faith, your name. I don't know your name. I want you to tell the devil your name. Say it with me. By faith. Now your name overcomes every sin in my life. I want to ask you, I don't know how many hundred we have here, what will you be remembered for? I want one word to be mentioned after my name, overcomer. say, well, Brother Ron, but I've got so many things that I'm facing in my life. Could you just raise your hand if that's where you sat just now? Brother Ron, I'm facing so many difficulties. (laughs) So many difficulties. So many things. Just be honest. Just be honest. God knows where we're at. God finds all of us in trouble. He knows where we're at. But that's not the finish of the book. That's, not, that's just a start. Maybe you'd just like to say, Brother Ron, would you pray for me? Remember me. Remember me. 
I want you to pray. Let's just pray together. And I want you to be honest and sincere with God just now. We could invite you to this altar. No doubt you'll visit it this week. Young, older, on the internet. Just being honest. You know what yesterday was? You know what yesterday was? You felt like a failure. You know, you know the, how the enemy wars in your mind. Are you tired for that to be over with? And that page to be flipped? Are you tired of being a hypocrite? Are you tired of putting on a mask and being an actor? Are you tired of just going to church and really not going to church? Let's just do this. Won't you just take a step out of your out of your seat? And I want you to come. Let's stand around this altar. Let's come. Friday morning you looked over and saw me in my condition you didn't look at my past you looked at my future let's just raise our hands before him now heavenly father we feel the unction of your spirit right now We feel you, Father, as you're swirling in this building. Lord Jesus, our book, no doubt, has a lot of pages already written in it. Some scarred, some real victorious. Some has been sick since a baby. Some has broken homes. Some has really bad things that's happened. But you're in the room to change the next chapter. You're here to start the start of the rest of our lives. Father, we don't know what tomorrow's chapter is going to be like. But Lord, I don't want to walk through it without you. I don't want to live another day without you. I want reality in my life. I want you to be real to me. I want you to help me. I want you to help me. Father, lust problems, demons that I struggle with, situations of our lives. Lord, you see every person here. Every book's just a little bit different, Father. But we have the blood of Jesus Christ. 
that can wash away our sins. So we ask you to forgive us. We repent very honestly, Lord God. Lord, come. Let us walk away from the old man and the new man come into our lives. I know from now on we'll be, walk, we'll be swimming upstream and we'll be fighting devils. We once partied with them, but now we have to fight with them. But you'll give us the courage. You'll give us the strength to overcome. Now, Lord Jesus, we invite you to where we stand right now. You know our place here in this building, Lord God. You knew where a woman at the well was, and you sat. Now, the discerner's already been discerning in this service. Now, Father, we give you our lives. We give you our lives. Whether we've been a Christian five years, ten years, or today's our first day. Lord, we want to give you our lives. Take the pen out of our hands. Take the self-will. Lord, help us with our weaknesses, Lord. Fill our lives with the Holy Spirit. Lord, come and live. Come near to us. May you be that warm presence that comes in the room. Feels like an angel just walked in. And we realize we're not alone anymore. Maybe it's in the car. Maybe it's on the job. Maybe it's in our school. You said you'd never leave us. You'd never forsake us. But you'd be with us to the end of the world. Now, Father, it doesn't matter what our name is. Lord, you called us before the foundation. And you have waited on us to come. Now here we are. What a moment that it is. Now we're here we are. No longer written about as failure. But now the subtitle is Overcomer. Lord Jesus, look across your children now. We surrender our life to you. We surrender it. We place our troubles in your hand. Bridegroom, our Lord, Father, there's some things we've been struggling with now. We lay it in your hands because we couldn't, we couldn't overcome. Now we lay it in your hands. In Jesus' name. Could you just pray for them now? Could you just invite the Lord now? Come and touch your life. Touch your life. That moment when you touch us, that will never be the same. This day. Remember me, Lord. Katie has her hand up says remember me I may be a preacher's daughter I may be the granddaughter
to sing songs with the Holy Spirit. Help her to live life. Oh God. Lord, receive us, Lord Jesus. We give ourselves to you, Lord, like never before, Father. All over this building, moms and dads, sisters and brothers, seen audience and unseen, Father. Right tomorrow. Right tomorrow. Right the next hour. Right what you would have at this altar now. Come, Holy Spirit, we surrender ourselves to you. Come all over this building and change lives. I remember the day at the altar, Father. When I said, I can't live it, but you've got to live it. I may be a preacher's son. My family may be great message believers. But I need you, Father. I need you, Father. Pages have been written. Chapters have been written. Oh, God. Start it right here. Start it right here touch every one of our lives. Don't leave none of us out, Father. Like Bartimaeus said, Thou son of David, have mercy upon me. A thief on the cross screams, Lord Jesus, touch our lives now. Touch our lives now. We stretch forth your, our hands to you. And surrender ourselves now. Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to just talk to him. Moms and dads, wherever you're at. Your chapter's not done yet. This meeting is about them, but what about you? It's been scarred, it's been a lot of battles. But what about the next chapter? Don't write it with bitterness and unforgiveness. Don't write it with envy in your life. Don't write it with sin reigning. Hallelujah. 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 Sister Lydia, you were 19. 19 in a meeting like this, and you received the Holy Ghost. You didn't know you'd be a great preacher's wife. He didn't look like it at the time. But when he got what you got, God took the pen. But he's not done yet. He's not done yet. You see, you can't... You can't see the next pages. But just like these children, God's got great plans. What about you standing there? What about your book? What about your book? Why don't you just talk to him now? Why don't you just talk to him now? 
got to heaven, looking around at different ones that were there. There's a man standing there and said, whose church did you go to? He said, I never really went to church, actually. He said, well, were you baptized in Jesus' name? I was never baptized. He said, how'd you make it to heaven? said, all I know is there's a man on a cross next to me. And all he said is, I'll remember you. Hallelujah. Don't you want to be remembered? You might not have it all figured out. You might not know. You might not feel like you have a lot, but you can just say, Lord, remember me. Hallelujah. He'll take care of the rest for you. man in the back of the church he didn't have it all figured out he was in and out of church his whole life one day driving down a road the Lord came in the car and he said Lord remember me now he's leading songs at brother Donnie Reagan's church there's another man just a few steps away from him just looked out at a water tower one day said, Lord, remember me. One of the moist, most anointed singers in the message. Don't worry about the plan. He has it under control. Just worry about saying, Lord, remember me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It happened so long ago. I cried out for mercy back then. Led the blood of Jesus, I asked him to forgive my sins, but I still can't forget it, just won't go away, I wept again, washed my sins, this is all he'd say.
wonderful to us. Amen. Amen. To give us so many opportunities. Amen. So many blessings that he provides. Amen. Certainly be in prayer for Brother Ron. Amen. That the Lord would restore strength to him. And amen. We're expecting great things again from the service tonight. Amen. Amen. Maybe you could just say, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Think he's worthy of our praise and our thanksgiving. Amen. It's wonderful to have a God that loves us so much. Amen. Brother John Modi, I don't know where he went. Amen. Do you mind coming up and asking a blessing over, please, Brother John?